<laughs> Jennifer <laughs> Norris Hale uh, with Mission Motherhood, and this is another episode of Motherhood Behind the Scenes. Um, today, I am so excited um, to have two women in the community who I value and look up to, and who inspire me to continue to do the work for for the mom, for all the moms in our community. Um, I have um, Asha and Taylor with me today, and we are going to talk about all the things, <laughs> all the things. I don't know, in a half an hour, can we chat about all the things? Um, so the first thing maybe with Asha, we've kind of chatted, uh, I've, we've known each other since 2020, pandemic-ish, um, and I've always appreciated how you have shown up for Mission Motherhood, shown up for our events, and just been a part of it. Um, and likewise, you know, I know your passion for your nutrition and in any way capacity that I can help spread or share that information. Um, I'd love to do that. But um, why don't you kind of share a little bit more about what led you to your role with um, postpartum nutrition and just, you know, supporting moms in general? I know that's so broad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, probably what brought me initially to this space of like being interested in birth work um, would have to be my first birth, um, my first son. Um, I, it's funny because I have always been around natural birth. My, my stepmom has had all home births. She has seven children. And my mom had natural births as well. Um, so I just kind of assumed that that was just how it went. Mm -hmm. And it was easy and, you know, that's just what we did, you know. And I found out, obviously, the hard way that, you know, there's more that goes into it than just saying that I'm going to have a natural mm -hmm. birth mm -hmm. and expecting that, um, especially when you're coming into a hospital system mm -hmm. um, and there were just a lot of expectations you know I had a midwife um, and I made the expectation that because I had a midwife that meant a certain thing about my birth and um, it you know it just didn't turn out that way mm -hmm. and um, you know it was a, a very challenging birth it it didn't go any way close to what I thought it would go. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up having a emergency cesarean um, after a really long time of trying and trying and trying and mm -hmm. doing all that I could to try to bring him. So um, yeah, it just set the tone, you know. Um, and it was, it set the tone for my introduction to motherhood. And um, also, recognizing from my experience that um, moms need a lot more help than what we have. Mm -hmm. um, so that brought me to wanting to support mothers, um, especially like moms that are VBAC, which mm -hmm. is eventually what I went on to yeah. do. Um, I had two successful VBACs, um, one home birth and, um, yeah, so that brought me to to wanting to do birth work, and it took me a while to find um, my niche, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, but I, I knew that being a doula wasn't right for me. Yeah. Um, 
just the, I mean, it just comes back to the systemic, like, we just know what we face in hospitals mm -hmm. and the trauma that I've faced in hospitals and also at home. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I just wasn't interested in like getting back into that, um, that kind of situation. So mm -hmm. uh, when I found this program, um, I think it would have been 2019. Um, so at that point I would have had three of my four children um, and I found a program that focused on postpartum, um, caring for postpartum moms through the lens of Ayurveda, which is a um, Indian science that's thousands of years old. It's basically their traditional um, way of doing things. And um, there was a big focus on nutrition as with Ayurveda, like a lot of it is nutrition based um you know that's the foundation of what we're putting into our bodies um so studying that brought me to really want to focus on nutrition in general mm -hmm. um and i do think that's a huge lack um when it comes to supporting moms right now right. and a very important part of that yeah even you're like lack as you were saying it like lack popped into my, <laughs> my head as well because um after you have the baby, the last thing mom is thinking about is food, you know, yeah. for herself. And then let alone nutritional value of food, yeah. um, you know, that helps support her in her recovery. I mean, then just in general, we don't, you know, the whole kind of premise and conversation that we've all had conversation or chats about is how we don't support moms enough, um, but we don't educate our, each other and ourselves. Um, and how imperative if we would just, you know, take a look at nutrition and support moms in that way and provide proper meals for moms, how her how that changes her recovery and like transition into motherhood. Mm. Um, and there's just not enough, you know, that's why we're doing this is because there's not enough conversation or awareness, you know, surrounding that. Um, and even in my own par postpartum, <laughs> um, you know, you're constantly learning um, about mm -hmm. what that looks like. So, so yeah, well, we'll hear, you know, I'd love to hear more about that as well. And how, especially also how you guys came together too, <laughs> <laughs> how this connection was made. <laughs> um, I, I remember, do you remember? Yeah. Oh, okay, so. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we've been friends for about three or four years now. Mm -hmm. um, and originally, 2019. Yeah. I'm thinking so. probably around Because it was time before frame. Zion was born. Yeah. Um, originally, we had came together in the capacity. I used to own a daycare. Okay. Um, and I had transitioned out of the daycare world. Um, once I gave birth to my son, I really wanted to kind of focus in and um, provide support in whatever way I could for other families. I know that childcare is really hard to access. <laughs> it's very unaffordable. It's very expensive. Um, and I was a stay-at-home mom at mm -hmm. that point, and I wanted to provide that support for other mothers. Um, mm -hmm. And I originally met Asha in the capacity of kind of that world. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, coming together to provide support um, and care for her kids for a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of found that we had some of the same interests, yeah. and it kind of sparked from there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And went way further than uh, just providing childcare. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, and you guys had, so did you become kind of doulas around the same, well, did you guys kind of begin that focus at the same time, or have you kind of fueled each other's, you know, path as well? Mm, I don't think so. So not necessarily. I know that, um, so I've been a doula now for four years. Okay. It's been four years now. Um, And... I kind of came to that after the birth of my son, which mm. would have been <laughs> just about almost, well, he's going on five now. Um, so I think similar time periods, but not the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We both kind of had our own path, but, but like, you know, doing things like congruently, but like separately, because, mm-hmm. you know, we both have our own kind of mm-hmm. um, focuses and, but it just happens to be in the same, you know. Realm. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's centered on the same Mamas, like, that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. premise, yeah. I guess. Um, so, Taylor, how did you become a doula? Or how did that kind of orchestrate for yourself? It's a long-winded answer. And I'm trying <laughs> to think about how to shorten it. So, um, something about those boys, right? I think that in same thing, um, I was on this journey to motherhood. Um, I really wanted to be a mom from Mm -hmm. a very young age. Um, I mean, a very young age. Mm -hmm. Like that was the thing that when my parents asked me, what do I want to be when I grew up? It was a mother. Mm -hmm. Crazy. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the thing. So when I did, um, it it was a whole thing, a whole journey to getting pregnant in the first place. It took me two years to get pregnant with my first son. Okay. And I did not know. I quickly found out that I knew nothing about what a mother was, what it took to be a mother, Mm -hmm. nothing about birth. Um, I had a, my family, my parents in particular were, they weren't private, but we didn't really address um, anything within the realm of pregnancy or birth. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I hadn't seen anyone. The only person that I had seen give birth one time was my mother. And I remember being super fascinated mm-hmm. um, and standing literally in between her legs and watching everything <laughs> going on while everyone was on the sides. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was really like my only exposure to birth. I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember diving into the research, but I researched all the wrong things. Okay. All the things that really, in the grand scheme of things, do not matter. Like what was that? <laughs> um, just, I guess like the basic stuff. Um, what I'm going to purchase oh, and yeah, right, right. you know all the things that really just when yeah. we get down to it it just does not matter <laughs> it's um, not it doesn't replace your like natural supports or the exactly natural, yeah. I didn't even consider a support mm-hmm. I didn't consider needing support right yeah. um, any of those things I didn't consider postpartum at all I didn't consider mm-hmm. breastfeeding I mm-hmm. didn't consider really anything <laughs> um and so when the time came and when the day actually came, um, I was very, very surprised. Mm-hmm. I was caught off guard. Um, and it was a disaster yeah. <laughs> from start yeah. to finish. Um, from 38 weeks when I walked into my OB at the Times office and said, yeah, I'm really tired of being pregnant. I didn't mean, you know, hey, I want to be induced. I didn't even know what induction was. I didn't mm-hmm. know the first thing about induction. Mm-hmm. I just meant... I'm tired of being pregnant and was really looking for um, 
kind of that elder to come in and be like, yeah, I know you're tired of being pregnant, but you have just a little bit more to go mm -hmm. and waiting is going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. um, she instead, she met me with, well, let's get that baby out. Oh, goodness. You know, um, yeah. this healthy 20 year old girl. Um, let's go ahead and take her in and get this baby out because you're tired of being pregnant. Oh, wow. Um, and so that's what we did. I went for an induction um, and it was horrible. <laughs> it yeah. was extremely painful, mm -hmm. of course. Um, and it was just kind of like all the things. Uh, I want to say mid-induction, without warning, she left. Didn't come in and say anything. Didn't let me know she was leaving um, and left you know, left me there. Um, and I had to have the random male on call doctor come in and deliver my son, um, oh my goodness. which he came in and sat on the whirlpool and fell asleep. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm very serious with my legs, spread eagle. And um, he sat over on the whirlpool and went to sleep, took a wow. nap. Wow. And um, the nurses basically delivered my son. Mm -hmm. They woke him up as he was coming out. His head had already came out. Um, I was in and out of consciousness. Nothing was done about it. Um, and once my son was born, I had had some issues. I had um, I was in a lot of pain, and there was a fair amount of bleeding, and um, I had a, a a lot of chest pain. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of one of the largest things that I remember, and I remember voicing like, "My chest really hurts. I don't know what's happening, but my chest is hurting." Um, and it was kind of like, you know, you're okay, you know. Um, and he left. I never seen him again. <laughs> wow. Never seen him again. Um, went on to my postpartum room and I remember just taking ibuprofen. Like I took ibuprofen. I'm like, okay, like yeah. this is going to help me. This is going to be the answer. Um, and I remember just having ex an extended amount of chest pain and nothing mm -hmm. being done about it. Um, no lactation support. Uh, the lactation professional that was on, on duty that day, she came in, passed me a pump and walked out the room. Oh and goodness. that was my introduction to breastfeeding. So um, when I got home, total lack of support. I really did not have, like my family came maybe the day of and the next day and then mm -hmm. everyone went home and I was by myself. My husband went back to work two days later, of course, because he had to. Mm -hmm. um, and I just remember being alone. I remember being by myself and having to figure out everything. Mm -hmm. A new baby, breastfeeding which was not going well. He had mm -hmm. a tongue tie. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know what a tongue tie was mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, okay, this is painful. I have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I remember doing all the things to figure everything out. Mm -hmm. And I remember knowing that I did not want another mother to have this same experience. Mm -hmm. Like there is no way that this is what this is, what I dreamed of from a little girl. Mm -hmm. This is this is motherhood. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and that was just my first birth story. And my second one was 10 times worse. Oh my goodness. So, um, although by my second one, I knew better. Mm -hmm. I knew better about some of these things. I had like the courage to really speak up. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, same thing, you know, with the, not an induction for no reason, but um, my daughter, she had IEGR. And once again, before I knew very much about what interuterine growth restriction was, mm -hmm. um, I remember being kind of scared into like, you know, your baby could die oh or this could happen. And, you know, do you want that to happen? Mm -hmm. So agreeing to, you know, an induction. Mm -hmm. um, 
And but this time I knew a little bit about induction. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna go with this method. I'm gonna go with this method. And I remember agreeing to the Foley Bub method mm -hmm. and um, everything going okay up until I reached nine centimeters. Um, I was nine and a half centimeters. Um, I had a cervical, well, no, no, I had a, a lip, a little, a small lip, and instead of allowing it to go away on its own, um, I remember, you know, being forced down and having hands stuck into me and yanking back on the cervical lip and telling me to bear down with fingers inside of me. Oh, my um, goodness. And I remember it being excruciating. Like, that was the worst pain of my life. Mm -hmm and me asking her to stop and get her fingers out and her refusing and telling me to bear down. Mm -hmm. um, and so that birth, birth experience just in general was a lot. There was a lot of being held down and calling people in to hold me down to put monitors back on me. Um, me having to yell commands and different things of that nature. And ultimately at the end when I actually, because they had told me to stop pushing, we're not gonna push anymore, I was actually about to go for a C-section. Because um, at that point, my cervix had swollen tremendously. Like mm -hmm. it was extremely swollen. I was in a lot of pain, and I kept on expressing that I was in a lot of pain. Um, mm -hmm. Something was not right. And eventually, when they finally did listen and check, my cervix was really swollen. Mm -hmm. um, so they had told me to stop pushing. But at that point, <laughs> um, the fetal eject reflex kicked in, and she was starting to be born. I remember flying up and starting to push and she was like no stop pushing i'm like she's coming and the nurse was like no she's not she's not just lay back oh and i'm goodness. like i can't lay back she's coming out and my yeah. husband poked his head back and he's like she's coming out the nurse ran out of the room <laughs> to go get the doctor um and at that point she came out hit the bed would have <gasps> hit the floor but my husband caught her oh my goodness yeah. um so it just was really like a super traumatic experience and something that I knew I did not want for other mothers and something that I knew I had to make my life's work. I mm -hmm. had to do something about it. I did not know what that was. Mm -hmm. um, so upon researching, I found, um, you know, multiple different paths to becoming a doula. Mm -hmm. And I um, decided like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna become a doula. I originally, um, I started out in lactation. I became a lactation professional first mm -hmm. um, and then went on to become a birth doula mm -hmm. and then went on to become full spectrum mm -hmm. through multiple training sources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think, well, two, so many things because I, I really appreciate, I had no idea the, the multitude of issues that had happened surrounding both of those births. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, because I do think also too sharing the stories is what we're missing in mm -hmm. you know motherhood um, it's not the you know the expectation of what motherhood looks like when we're little or what it even looks like before we come become moms and then what it is it's not just you know what's really involved in a natural birth like I had mm -hmm. no idea either that I wanted natural birth and I thought it was like rainbows and butterflies you know like those <laughs> never never probably the up. hardest yeah. birth I've had. <laughs> Um, so, um, so I, I appreciate you sharing that, but, um, I, I think it's interesting just the conversations that, that we've had through this whole thing and just with you two, um, as well is you go, you've gone through so much to give back so much, um, and to make sure that no mom ever has to go through it again and even to go through it alone or mm -hmm. to go through it 
um, without understanding your choices and mm -hmm. understanding what's going on. Yeah. Um, and so often, I mean, at this minute, there's probably a mom who's terrified, you know, mm -hmm. going through some type of a birth. Um, and it's just, you know, there's so much work to be done. Um, and one of the things that we've talked about too, or, or talked about earlier was, you know, the maternal mortality rate in Indiana. So I get a little conflicted talking about that because do we talk about maternal mortality or do we talk about like the near miss of, you know, situations that lead up to that as well? Um, because those situations aren't looked at, aren't addressed, and they are um, kind of, they're leading into those numbers as well. Um, mm -hmm. So with that rate, it's highest with our black and brown moms, obviously, and that's the kind of, as the population um, the women that you're serving and the women that we're trying to serve um, is within like the that community um, and so how do you empower um, any mom that you're with um, to speak up for themselves or to you know be be an advocate for themselves or for other for other moms too so my main focus um and one of the reasons why I love um, getting moms early on. Mm -hmm. So early in their pregnancy or even before they fall pregnant, obviously, is the best, yeah. <laughs> the best time frame. So many people don't know that they can hire a doula um, within their fertility journey on, or on their journey to becoming pregnant. Um, and I like to focus heavily on mental health. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, in order to have a successful birth, First, we need to focus on mental health. Mm -hmm. Whatever mental state you are in prior to giving birth is going to come out while giving birth. Um, we already know how hard it is to have a sense of clarity while in labor mm -hmm. and to have the ability to advocate for yourself while in excruciating pain. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. Mm -hmm. So, so much of it is in focusing on mental health and making sure that they're in the appropriate place before giving birth. Mm -hmm. Developing a plan beforehand, talking about some of the things that could potentially go wrong, mm -hmm. um, and offering the multiple different paths to if this happens. Mm -hmm. um, so much of it is in the preparation before the day, mm -hmm. the big day. You know, it's super hard to make decisions for yourself while in the moment, when being put on the spot, when um, dealing with an, an aggressor, essentially, mm -hmm. because most often um, with black and brown women in a medical settings, when you combat, because that's what it's looked at um, as being combative, mm -hmm. when you go against what is recommended by that provider or when you you know, make a different decision for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not met with a positive response. Mm -hmm. So, um, so much of that is in preparation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to just, you know, completely agree. You know, it's, there's, the only way I feel like to to make your dreams a reality when it comes to birth mm -hmm. and postpartum and um, just motherhood in general is preparation is um, 
and not just that, but like it's it's planning. Planning is a huge part of it. Um, educating yourself, um, gathering your village. You know, if you have one, you know, employing people to support you in the way that you need to be supported. Um, paying for care if you are able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, because we are just set up already to fail, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, families aren't supported, moms aren't supported um, to really be the best parent or, you know, mother that they can be. Mm -hmm. And so we have to work against that by employing, you know, who we can to support us. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, nutrition plays a part in that. And mm -hmm. I think, 1, yeah, and the preconception, when you said that too, I was like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> those are my favorites. Those are, those are my, because you're really able to hit yeah. all the points. Yeah. And when you come, I accept everyone. Come to me at right. 39 <laughs> weeks, you yeah. know. But when you come preconception, we're able to really target and hit all of the points, mm -hmm. do all but of the things. But that's the foundation. Like, yeah. how many people are planning if, pregnancies yeah. in yeah. the first place, yeah. right? Right, right. Um, so there's, starts at that. there's, there's so many things. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's really endless. It's a, it's a huge job and something that is continuous work. Mm -hmm. And I, and within that too, like finding just value in yourself, like understanding the value of becoming a mother mm -hmm. or what motherhood looks like or that transition mm -hmm. like okay I, I want to be a mom what does that look like for me what is that how does that define a new role for me because mm -hmm. um, I don't think that you know we say we value moms but we don't mm -hmm. value moms right. in various multitude of aspects mm -hmm. um, so like how do we how do we find that within ourselves and that's yeah um, I never, I had never really even thought about, you know, the preconception. So, mm. you know, f two out of my four babies were unplanned, and my pl planned ones went much smoother than even my mm. unplanned, even being prepared, but mm. not having no plan, you know, mm. <laughs> or prior yeah. planning. Um, so there's just all of the, the layers that go into that mm -hmm. um, mm. and how they affect you becoming a mom. Um, so as you prepare, you know, as you, I guess, could you share a little bit more about the nutrition aspect um, as well? Like how, if you could give a mom or a family, like a key point about the importance of postpartum nutrition or allowing mom to rest, to, to properly eat, um, mm. What does that look like? And then I, not maybe an ideal, in our world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's been the same. Yeah. It's just the way it's treated, yeah, you know? Right, right. But, um, I mean, we have to consider the fact that mom has just gone through this crazy transformation of body and emotion and spirit. And um, there is a void left, right, when baby is born and placenta is born and so there's a lot of healing mm -hmm. there's a lot of healing on a physical level there's a lot of healing spiritually there's mental healing emotional healing and so if the mother is not allowed to rest mm -hmm. on a base level I mean I think rest is woof that's a huge part of it um how 
that integration can't happen. Mm -hmm. Like, and you can't heal if you are constantly doing, doing, doing. Your body has to focus on, your body has to have time to focus on healing. Right. So if you're doing all these other things, mm -hmm. there's no focus. Mm -hmm. And so that gets left behind. And, it, and it's the same thing with, with digestion as well. Mm -hmm. So um, the focus for postpartum nutrition is light, is warm, mm -hmm. it's um, well spiced, it's um, anything that would be easy to digest. Mm -hmm. um, soft, um, cooked, like slow, or, you know, just very, like, if you just think about the, like, most tender, like, meat or, you know, like, vegetable, like, just the softest, easiest thing to digest mm -hmm. so that the body is not focused on digesting this food, um, and it can focus on healing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Crockpots are your best friend, postpartum. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I use them a ton, too. And one thing that you didn't mention that I learned from you and that I, I value this postpartum is that so much of what's needed is in your cabinets. Like, we mm -hmm. have, we often feel like so much of this is inaccessible or unaffordable or, mm -hmm. um, you know, all the things, right? But so much of this you have at home in your cabinet. Mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm. And some of it is just tweaking your meals that you already have just Absolutely. a little bit mm -hmm. yeah. um, or cooking them for a longer period of time mm -hmm. for them to be suitable for a postpartum. So Definitely. much of it is that, not like this huge, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it seems so yeah. overwhelming mm -hmm. and um, like something that just cannot be done. And it's such a simple thing that we just have to literally turn our brains on to. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a way of life and something that we can pass down to generations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Simplicity, yeah, mm -hmm. is key. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. everything you said. Yeah, and <laughs> in my mind, even as, as serving postpartum moms, and like I wanted, you want to be like grandiose with it, but mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be a grandiose gesture. It mm -hmm. can be very yeah. Very and simple. I mean, if you think about complexity, like they, you don't want what's complex. <laughs> You want simple, Easy, you want accessible. simplicity, yeah. <laughs> you want comfort, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. comfort. And um, the big thing for me is like, and a big focus of um, nutrition, but it's also like a back to tradition for me mm -hmm. because um, my family, I have Indian ancestry. So that course that I took was very central to me. And most of the teachings I've learned are kind of like a re-education, re relearning um, of the traditions that I don't have mm -hmm. that are disconnected. And um, bringing those things in, like those dishes that grandma, mm -hmm. you know, 100%. makes and like those like comfort foods that just like that soul food, you know, mm -hmm. that just hits your soul. That's, that's a good time to employ that as well mm -hmm. because you get that healing on multiple levels yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. not just internal but it's 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 literally mental mm -hmm. like yeah. yeah yeah it's all the things when you, <laughs> <laughs> um, when you work with your clients or just kind of in general do you um, and you're talking about you know um, just planning like birth planning or postpartum planning do you focus do you have like kind of a like a wraparound, okay, like we're gonna, we're gonna talk about mental health and where we're at and 
we're going to talk about the nutrition and we're going to talk about what birth really looks like and I mean is it it's a whole uh, full spectrum mm -hmm. <laughs> is yeah. what they I mean I guess that's the name of it but um, when you go through that do you find where your patient is really like not patient <laughs> where am I sorry um, where your client is struggling like maybe they do have they understand the nutrition piece or they have the support to do to provide you know proper food but it's really they haven't addressed the mental health issues like as you say that like I look back on my first birth and I had complete unaddressed anxiety which I think went into a lot of the complexities mm -hmm. of that happened with that um, but you know, so do you kind of hone in on that? I just, and I say that, and I'm making like a five minute question. <laughs> um, <laughs> but because like the the work that you do in the community, like it's seen by everybody. Like you guys, I, I feel and I see are two very important um, women doing the work actively in our community that women can trust, that are changing the conversation and changing the way that women are experiencing birth for their own children and then hopefully on their children's show. Like we're on like a micro, micro macro level here. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess, and I, and I ask that question because you do the work so well. How do you do it? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really family based. Yeah. Like it, it changes and it shifts from every client. It, yeah. I mean, it truly does. I have clients that are like, you are my life coach. Mm -hmm. And we still talk every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I have clients that are like, you know what, I just need you here with me in the hospital to be my sister and to love on me. Mm -hmm. And I do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it really is customized to the family and mm -hmm. what their needs are and what they're lacking. I'm just here to hold space with them and to give them whatever it is that they need in that moment. Mm -hmm. If it's cooking, if it's mentoring, mm -hmm. if it's resources, if mm -hmm. it's however it looks. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I um, I so appreciate your time. Like I literally even, we didn't even touch the surface on like <laughs> not being able to, uh, is there anything you would like to say in closing <laughs> about how we don't, how mothers could be more supported in our own community or in, you know, society in general because it's a major problem. Mm -hmm. I think that I can only talk locally right now, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we're in the process of, as I told you, we're in the process of opening up a location. Right. And we're really wanting this space to be all-encompassing, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're focusing in on Yoni Steaming, but it's it's all the things, right? It's, mm -hmm. a, it's another resource for support and education mm -hmm. and all the things that are needed. Yeah. And so I want to be able to provide our community with whatever is missing. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the more we do that, the more we provide that, the more the community grows, honestly. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I adore you guys. And <laughs> I don't say that like lightly because I do appreciate everything that you do and just the time that we've shared, been able to share and just bounce, Absolutely. you know, um, conversations and everything. So I appreciate you being here and sharing. And I will also um, have like your resources available too. Um, but I just think it was just uh, really important for to 
to share what you do and your passion and your why, um, because again, you do it so well. Like, <laughs> I would have five more babies if I could have some more. <laughs> Same, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> You're done. You're I done. Have enough. <laughs> I'm good. Um, but thank you, thank you guys for being here. Absolutely. <laughs>